Here's your Thursday edition of Transformation Radio. Testament. Our narrative today comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 25. We'll read through chapter 7, 
verse 14. Now, because of the ill effects of worry, Jesus tells us not to worry about those needs that God promises to supply. Worry may, number one, damage your health, number two, disrupt your productivity, number three, negatively affect the way you treat others, number four, reduce your ability to trust in God. And how many ill effects of worry are you experiencing? Here is uh, the difference between worry and genuine concern. Worry immobilizes, but concern? Well, that moves you to action. We're told here to seek the kingdom first. Now, to seek the kingdom of God above all else means to put God first in your life, to fill your thoughts with His desires, to take His character for your pattern, and to serve and obey Him in everything. So, what's really important to you? People, objects, goals, and other desires all compete for priority, don't they? And any of these can quickly become most important to you if you don't actively choose to give God first place in every area of your life. Now, planning for tomorrow is time well spent, of course. Worrying about tomorrow is time wasted. There's a big difference. Now, sometimes it's difficult to tell the difference. Careful planning is thinking ahead about goals, steps, and schedules, and trusting in God's guidance. When done well, planning can help alleviate worry. Now, worriers, by contrast, are consumed by fear and find it difficult to trust God. They let their plans interfere with their relationship with God. Hey, don't let worries about tomorrow affect your relationship with God today. And with that, let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. January 8th, the New Testament. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, through chapter 7, verse 14. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink, or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food, and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and live righteously, and He will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged, for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, Let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye, when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite! First get rid of the log in your own eye then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. 
Don't waste what is holy on people who are unholy. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. They will trample the pearls, then turn and attack you. Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks the door will be opened. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the Law and the Prophets. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide, for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. Psalm 8, verses 1 through 9 Portions of this psalm are quoted in the New Testament and applied to Christ, or in 1 Corinthians 15 and Hebrews chapter 2. God became human, lower than God, in the person of Jesus, and He will raise all who belong to Him when He comes to reign over the new heaven and new earth. Jesus is the only person who perfectly reflects God's image. Now children, we're told here in Scripture today, are able to trust and praise God without doubts or reservations. As we get older, many of us find this more and more difficult to do. Ask God to give you childlike faith, removing any barriers to having a closer walk with Him. To respect God's majesty, we must compare ourselves to His greatness. You know, when we look at His creation, we often feel small by comparison. Now, this is a healthy way to get back to reality. But God doesn't want us to dwell on our smallness. Humility means proper respect for God, not self-deprecation. When we look at the vast expanse of creation, we wonder how God could be concerned for people who constantly disappoint Him. Yet God created us only a little lower than Himself and the angels. So next time you question your worth as a person, remember that God considers you highly valuable. We have great worth because we bear the stamp of the Creator. Because God has already declared how valuable we are to Him, we can be set free from feelings of worthlessness. Psalm 8, verses 1 through 9, for the choir director, the Psalm of David, to be accompanied by a stringed instrument. O Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. You have taught children and infants to tell of your strength, silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place. What are mere mortals that you should think about them, human beings that you should care for them? Yet you made them only a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You gave them charge of everything you made, putting all things under their authority, the flocks and the herds and all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea and everything that swims the ocean currents. O Lord, our Lord, 
Your majestic name fills the earth. Proverbs chapter 2, verses 6 through 15. For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the paths of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. Then you will understand what is right, just, and fair, and you will find the right way to go. For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will fill you with joy. Wise choices will watch over you. Understanding will keep you safe. Wisdom will save you from evil people, from those whose words are twisted. These men turn from the right way to walk down dark paths. They take pleasure in doing wrong, and they enjoy the twisted ways of evil. Their actions are crooked, and their ways are wrong. i
Dressed in his righteousness alone Faultless stand before the throne reading is verses 6 and 7 of Isaiah chapter 9. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Today's Bible passage is a Christmas favorite. We love hearing that the child who was born in a stable is God's Son, sent from heaven. We also derive great comfort from his descriptive names, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. But now and then, we may wonder why the world is so chaotic and unstable if Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Although this verse is ultimately a prediction of Christ's future kingdom, the title also reflects His reason for coming to earth 2,000 years ago and His present ministry to us today. Jesus' first responsibility as the Prince of Peace was to reconcile sinful mankind with His Father. By paying the penalty for the sins of the world, He made it possible for all who believe in Him to have peace with God. 
When we receive Christ as our personal Savior, our sins are forgiven, and we become members of God's family. Instead of being His enemies, we become His beloved children. Christ not only secured our peace with God, He also shares His peace with us. This is an inner sense of tranquility, calmness, and quiet trust that is not influenced by circumstances. It's like the ocean depths during a raging hurricane. The surface is tumultuous, but at a depth of 100 feet, all is at rest. With the stress and rush of Christmas, serenity of soul is something we all long for, but it often seems fleeting. The only way to have this incomprehensible peace is to let the Prince of Peace govern our lives. When we're under His authority and have our minds aligned with His Word, His peace flows into our hearts and calms our souls.
Business Network, in association with the Refuge Ministries, presents one of the 40 principles of the Foundation for Achievement. John, this next principle is based upon Proverbs 24 and 3. It's the principle of common sense. Any enterprise becomes strong through common sense. Uh, yes, you know, that is that is really true. We've used that in our business a lot because common sense has a really high value where a lot of people just ignore it. Uh, they, they, they don't mm-hmm. understand what common sense is because they think it's it's uh, it's not sophisticated enough. They, they think you can't operate it. But without that, you lose a valuable asset uh, in your personal lifestyle and business and anything. Common sense is not so common anymore. If we can understand its value and apply it as part of our lives, we will have learned a lot. Life is not meant to be complicated. It is only when we get away from common sense that we lose ourselves in confusion. Common sense is sound logic, practical reasoning, and simple equations. The end result of common sense is practical wisdom. Uh, yes, you know, it, it says there that life is not meant to be complicated. Uh, and I really believe that. I don't think life is supposed to be complicated. I think that it's because we lose common sense. We don't make things common. We are just either growing so fast or doing something, and we never have what you call a balance of something that that's workable or something that's stable and something that becomes second nature to us. Common sense means it, it becomes second nature to us. But if we lose that, uh, then we lose the practical things of life and uh, we lose practical wisdom. So that's a very critical principle in mm-hmm. business and in life itself. The prodigal son wandered away from common sense until he was eating with the pigs. He finally came back to his senses, or common sense, then went home where he belonged. Sometimes we get so educated that we can't even think in a practical way. <laughs> that, that's true. You know, the, the prodigal sense of a prodigal son... What he did is he rationalized and he said, well, I've got wealth, I've got things coming to me, and that, that's my future. And he wanted it now, and he did not use common sense. So he went out and and took his value that he had, and he spent it, and, you know, just, uh, uh, you know, was not responsible for things and didn't produce anymore. He was not productive anymore. He was a spender. He was a driver in spending, and he squandered his money. Uh, and he had lost common sense. He had lost the value of what was there. And then when, after he spent it all and didn't have anything anymore, then he came back to practical reasoning. Mm-hmm. And he reasoned within himself, said, my mm-hmm. father at home has all this stuff. And I had that said, so I'll humble myself and I'll get back to my father. And yes. he was practicing common sense. He was going back to reality <laughs> is what it really was. That's what it says. Common sense is the ability to reason out problems and find practical and sensible ways to overcome them. Education may not necessarily give us that. We must have education, but without common sense or the practical reasoning, it loses much of its value. That is really, really true. You know, I, I, I've not had what you call a lot of really formal education, but I learned a lot of things through common sense and through following principles. And uh, those go a long way. It doesn't mean that you don't need education. Education is bringing knowledge to you, so knowledge becomes power because you have a greater understanding of things. But unless you put that into a practical use and make that, your education becomes your downfall because you, you t- once you're too educated sometimes, you see too many reasons why things won't work. And so so then you study for more so you think that you, because you'll override those and the more you study sometimes the less you'll believe that you can even do it they see too many pitfalls you know 
But common sense and practical things means that you ride in on common sense and practical things, and then you start going, even yes. though you don't understand everything. And you may not have the best education, but you have the belief level now, and so you're careful and you walk and make things common to you until you ride on that train of common sense, and that'll get you somewhere. It's gotten me somewhere. We should always have our dreams and goals, but we must always blend them in with common sense so they will come true. Otherwise, they will remain dreams only. You know, that's really the difference between a a pure dreamer and a doer. That's right. See, because the, the principle here, I mean, the, uh, the series is uh, productivity, and that's what we're talking about. Common sense is part of a productive series, which means that common sense is a valuable principle in becoming productive. Uh, because if you lose common sense, for example, if you create so many things, and just about the time you got something that you created into place, and then you create something new again, and then something new again, so, you never get value out of that which you've created because you never write it. Yes. It's like re-engineering and never using your yes. re-engineering. Yes. Once you finish re-engineering and getting ready for productivity, then you re-engineer again. And education sometimes destroys common sense. And so we, even though I believe in being creative and you know and re-engineering, I mean that that that's a standard thing. But once you re-engineer, you got to get value out of that re-engineering. You you got to ride that horse in the direction he's going and get value out of it. If you do that too often, you never get value of what you've created. Mm -hmm. Common sense is familiar areas or things common to us. Therefore, it may vary in people. Many times we are taught how to do things in a certain way. This way becomes common to us until someone finds a simpler or better way of doing it. Common sense would then teach us, let's change our ways. That is really, really true because... Common sense will mean that you'll see the downfall of something or you'll see when something's worn out. You'll see when something has, when, when the horses that you're riding on, you'll see when he's slowing down and you'll take a look and say, like, what other horse can I do? What, what? So you add to and it brings energy to the horse again and then you ride it. But you got to make that common and get the value out of that common sense because if you don't, uh, you will, you, you won't. So the whole deal about common sense, what's common to you, should never be stay common to you, which, yes. which means that you got to change with that. you got to understand what the change is and have an insight in that. A nation's culture may tolerate bribes, lying, and cheating. Common sense, however, would tell you not to do it because it is morally wrong and will hurt us individually as well as our societies. So common sense may also become a habit or tradition to us and can stifle our personal growth and keep us bound by tradition. Oh, that's true. I mean, I've, I've seen that in, in cultures. Uh, America uh, and some nations are really high creative, high inventive, you know, uh, and things like that. But some of these cultures uh, are stuck. They don't want to change, and they want to have they want to have what American dream is, but they don't want to change. They want to keep their bribes. They want to keep their corruption. They want to follow a certain way that they're, which is common to them. To them, that's common. But they don't want to bring that change because they say, how else would I do business? They can't even see business working without bribes. They can't even see it. They think that that has to be. But they won't change. They, they keep their line of common sense as to what they understand and never take the initiative to go after and make the change and adapt to a better way. And uh, that becomes destructive and just disciples our growth. And uh, it becomes our tradition 
and, and that brings bondage to us. Even sometimes religious things keep us in bondage. Sometimes our religious beliefs will stand in the way of progress because we refuse to follow truth or common sense. So there's a difference, John, in your mind between religion and Christianity. That's one thing you say all the time. Uh, oh, yes, yes. There's a lot of difference. Religion is what, what you make add to what you call life principles from Christianity. Life, Christianity is life principles that make things work. I mean, they just function right. If you get a hold of that, you can walk. But if you make that a religion, then it becomes something besides that, and then the religious part controls you. That that You see that in a lot of different governments and a lot of different religions, that they can't make progress because they're bound by their traditions of their religions. The opposite of common sense is stupidity. How many times have you heard someone say, I was stupid, which really means he was out of touch with reality. If we follow what we know is right, it is usually common sense, because Proverbs says, a man who steers away from common sense will end up dead. Our plans can be so rigid that we forget to listen to our heart, which is normally suggesting the use of common sense. That is so true. I, there's, there's a, and, and some of these things are, not, are, are harder to be taught. They're more caught than taught. I mean, that, that's a statement that everybody should learn is, that things sometimes are more caught than taught. If you if you teach somebody and saying like that I have the measles, but you got the mumps, yes. they'll catch the mumps, not the measles, not what you're taught. So it's modeled. A lot of things are modeled, and so if you uh, if you don't listen and you don't make the changes and 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 you don't model something, then you get stuck and it 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 holds you in captivity. You you can't make progress. A man who steers away from common sense will end up dead. We must remember that our minds can get so pumped up that we get on a high and get out of touch with ourselves in reality and do stupid things. God gave us the ability to reason, but also reminds us to stay in touch with our common sense. Plans without the virtue of common sense are like laws without mercy. No second chances or life without forgiveness. That's that's really true. You know, it, it's stated up here. You can get pumped up. You know, I remember one time a, a person called me and and told me about a certain program that was available. You know, and uh, I got so excited I couldn't sleep all night. You know, and I got up almost in the middle of the night and I started calling people and people wondered what in the world is the matter with me calling me at calling people at one o'clock or two o'clock. I thought that the opportunity was only going to last for you know a couple of days. And if I don't get these people, <laughs> and I'm sure that most everybody's yes, been into that, yes. which means that it took you total out of reality and um, and it, it became a dream but the thing is this the dream was without reality and then you lost touch with it and th then uh, uh, you don't have no reason anymore saying like it, it's not reasonable and then and you destroy yourself Bec you become out of touch of common sense common sense will bring you back to balance and always hold you in balance just hold steady a little bit and think twice mm -hmm. and you know keep it in a level of common sense it's almost out of touch with reality or your conscious level is too too far from your reality, and then you lose it. No family, business, or nation can survive without the virtue as part of a planned strategy. Common sense will suggest change or adjustment as you proceed. It is God's way of balancing our plans with his and keeping us from failing. Common sense will give us, number one, a practical mind and good logic. Ah, that's really right, because you practice something until it becomes stable in your mind and then you ride that horse again. I mean, it's it like uh, it gives you good sound logic because you can say, "I've been there, done that," you know. And you're, it's something that you're familiar with, and then you hold on to that, 
and that uh, that'll give you a really solid life. Number two, it gives us an open mind. That's right, because you're acquainted with the things that you're already functioning in, which means that you have somewhat of an open mind as to for something new because you're now kind of outgrowing uh, where you are with the horse that you're riding. Now you're looking and saying, like, how can I make this horse faster or better or get by a new one? So you become open-minded mm-hmm. if, if you follow it right. Through life's experiences, we calculate and observe things. This should create common sense in us, sometimes called the gut feeling. We need to be sensitive to those feelings. They may not always be right, but it may be a warning that we are entering an unfamiliar area. We then operate in this area, either in faith or in fear. It is in these moments when we must call on common sense to speak to us and protect us as we walk through the minefields of life. Oh, that's so true. You know, life is so interesting. but And life is basically pretty simple, but uh, and yet it's difficult. It's like... Uh, it's kind of hard to understand until you get really into it, but uh, it it functions eventually functions by what you call like the gut feeling. You have a feeling of something that you can discern uh, something that's not seen, not heard, not touched, not tasted. You you can you can actually feel, sense, uh, touch, or taste something that is not visible. You can walk into a plant and you can you can hear things without sound. You can sense things that you don't know. Uh, and, and that is what you say. You've established a subconscious type thing that works in you, that is common sense, that you just know. You have a feeling of it, but you don't know why. And so you can check the environment of a plant. You can check the environment of a person. You can read a person. You can uh, discern a person. Uh, without, with, you know, it's just something that's in your spirit. That, 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 that finally functions in you, and that is what you call real, genuine common sense. It's, it's, we call it, a lot of times we use the term gut, gut feeling. It, it's, it's my gut feeling. It's what I really believe and what I really sense. And, and you, can, you can hone that to a point where that becomes your driving force and the control, and you can run your business a lot of times with that because you deal with principles along that line. That's very powerful. Principle of Common Sense from Proverbs 24, verse 3. Any enterprise becomes strong through common sense. John, would you recap for us? Uh, yeah, I, I think I had a pretty good uh, handle on that in the kind of the closing moments there. But uh, there's a couple things that I'd like to add to that. It's like, it's like getting in tune. If you, if you function in common sense, it's like it's getting in tune with life. And it's almost being led by your sixth sense. Without words, you you just know that you know that you know, and you discovered it, but you don't really know how you discovered it, and you're just kind of tuned in. It, it It's like you just know what's right or wrong. You just have a sense of something, and you can sense it in a plant. You can sense it at home. Wherever you are, you can read people and sense people. Very important. And it's also saying like uh, uh, take, making use out of what you've learned. I, I always call it making something big out of something little, uh, or like uh, discovering uh, what life blesses you, how life blesses you, and then just to get value out of it. And uh, but that's that's just uh, common sense is kind of hard to explain, but it's just like you're finally in tune with something. You're focused and you're in tune. You just know how it works. 
Your love is like radiant diamonds bursting inside us. We cannot contain your love. Will surely come find us like blazing wildfire. Singing your name, God of mercy, love of mine. I have surrendered to your design. May this offering stretch across the skies. Peace have.
Thanks for listening. Make sure to tune in tomorrow for the next edition of Transformation Radio.